0: Church, we're in a series called Gardens, Graves, and Glory. And if you're new, I'm going to spend 37 seconds just summing it up for you. Let me get you caught up to date. It started in the garden with Adam and Eve. Some of you, you know the story. And what set in at the garden, was doubt. Say doubt. doubt. They doubted. They, someone, the enemy, made them doubt who they were and whose they were in God. And through that doubt, they disobeyed. Yeah, 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 they ate the fruit. You know. They eat the fruit, and as they eat the fruit, it does something to them. They get discouraged, for one thing, but it also divides them. Say, divide. So they're divided from God, separated from God, separated from the garden, banished out to toil from the earth. This is where we pick up the story. And the key that I want to kind of expound on a little bit today is this division, because this is the goal of the enemy. I'm going to show you this. And check something out. This isn't some formula that's new that the enemy has for your life. It's really the only formula he uses to try and destroy you. Did you know that? He ain't that clever. He's not that smart. I mean, he uses the same thing over and over. And if I can help you and you can help me decipher what he's doing and where we're at in this formula that he's using to try and take you, and you out, we, we will be able to combat him. We will be able to defend him. So, but but this formula, he uses it in your everyday life all the time. All the time! Like, I could just share a, a, a regular story from my, like, childhood, right? In high school. We, we, me and some friends, we doubted. Like, there were rules that we had. You had the same rules, probably, from your parents or from law enforcement. You shouldn't drink until you're 21, right? But my friends and I, well, we doubted. Is that really a bad idea? You know, is that really wrong? Should we really not do that? And our doubt led us to disobey. So many weekends in the small town I grew up, we would be disobeying. And we would go to the edge of town, and we would, would grab some of those um, illegal beverages at the time for us, based on our age demographic. And we would gather together at the edge of town, and we would partake in a little bit of a, um, I guess you could say partying. I'll never forget one weekend. One weekend, there was probably six of us, and we're, we're out on the edge of town, towards, towards like a field, right on the edge of a field too. And all of a sudden... That disobedience led to discouragement. Do you know why? Officer Smith pulled up in his black and white with the lights going. Now as soon as that happened, you know what we did? We divided. Okay, we separated. Now normally with friends it's like, all for one and one for all. With us it was like, screw that, it's every man for himself. We didn't care. And one ran that way, and one ran that way, and one ran that way. And I actually followed one of the dudes. He was really slow. I thought, you know what? If they catch anybody, it's going to be that guy. So I'm just, I wasn't the best friend. But I'm just saying it led to division. And the enemy uses it all the time. Understand something. I want to say it like I wrote it. Evil's ultimate goal, I wrote down, is to divide us and separate us from God. That's what he did in the garden. That's what he's trying to do in your life. He wants to divide us and separate us. From God, from our purpose, from our calling, from each other, even from yourself. See, the devil really doesn't care if you're sinning. Sounds weird, I know. I'll say it again. The devil doesn't care if you're sinning as long as you're separated. If you're separated, he's got you. It's like the wolf that gets separated from the pack. You've seen the documentaries. I mean, the one gets, goes astray and the enemy surrounds that wolf. That wolf is in trouble. That wolf is vulnerable. I mean, that wolf is, is, I mean, it's bleak for the wolf. And for the enemy, it's the same way. He divides us in an effort to defeat us. This is his plan. This is what he wants to do. And he's so subtle. Like, you don't see it in the moment. You don't know it. Like, what if I told you this? What if I told you that some of you in the room, some of you watching and listening online, you're separated from God. And you don't even know it. That's how good he is. And you might push back and say, wait a minute, pastor, I'm I'm sitting in church. I mean, I'm in church. Tell me I'm separated from God. I'll tell you something. I've been in a lot of church. I mean, I grew up, okay, church on Tuesdays in this Catholic grade school that I was in, church on Fridays. I mean, no one was in church more than me. Church on Sundays. And then there was the weddings I served at and the funerals I served at. Well, weddings and funerals don't count as church. Crap, they don't. If it lasts more than an hour, they count, all right? Have you been to a Catholic wedding? Seriously. You you get you book one of those, you book the whole weekend. It's like, okay, it's done. But, but the, actually that's not always the case. I found out the hard way. Some of them are quicker than you think. My best one of my best friends got married and I was an usher in his wedding. And if you're ever an usher, all that means is uh, they have to find a place for you in the wedding cuz you're kind of a friend, but they don't like you enough to have you be a groomsman or a anyway, whatever. So, I was an usher. Praise God. So, but here's the deal. So the wedding starts and, and the usher I'm an usher with he didn't grow up Catholic. So I told him, I said, listen, the wedding has started. Let's take off. We'll go to the store. We'll buy a bunch of stuff and we'll we'll trash their car. I'm sure they'd love that. Let's do that. So my buddy's like, do we have the time? I'm like, dude, we got the time. So we go downtown and we go to the store we grab whatever. Whipped cream, shaving cream. I didn't care. I didn't know which one. One of them hurts the car, but I didn't care. So we grab whatever and then we get streamers and, and, and chalked right on the windows. So I kid you not, we grab it all. We go back to the church. We're in the parking lot just going crazy, trashing their car. And all of a sudden, I hear like applause, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, you don't." I, you, the only time you you clap at a Catholic wedding is when it's done. And I was like, "Crap!" So I look over, and the doors to the church are opening, and there steps out the bride. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "Let's go!" It was like we start running towards the church. We, we're running, and we knew we were late, and they're already letting people out. We get up to the front of the church, and the, and the I kid you not, the the bride looks at me and says. Are you going to usher the people out? And I was like, I said, why don't you do it? I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. She would have murdered me. Um, uh, yeah, she was ticked. She was, she may have, forg- that was 20 years ago. She might have forgiven us by now, but I'm not convinced. She was mad. Um, but I'll tell you this. I was in church all the time. That's my point. I wasn't that close to God. I wasn't that close to God. Heck, let's just, let's just, let's just play it out. How about Judas? Judas was one of the 12 disciples. You can't tell me he wasn't. Close to Jesus. He was close to Jesus. Like Judas was right in it. He sat at the feet of Jesus. He listened to the teachings of Jesus. He, he saw the miracles of Jesus. He partook in the miracles of Jesus. At the end of the day, Judas was separated from Jesus. You know what that tells me? You can be close to something and still not be connected to it. In other words, just because you're close to something doesn't mean you're connected to it. It doesn't. I was close to the church. I was not connected to God. Judas was close to Jesus. Heck, Judas, certainly not connected to Jesus, as we found out, but Judas, what's crazy about his story, as we preach on this Palm Sunday, which I'll explain that in just a second, Judas, I preached a message one time that I said there's a little Judas in all of us. It's kind of freaky to think there's a little tiny Judas in us, but yeah. Um, but but this, this message could be the, the, the sequel to that. Judas was, hmm, how can I say this? He certainly not connected, but yet he was chosen. That's what's crazy. Jesus chose Judas. Jesus chose Judas. The word of God says it. I, I, it's John six seventy. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12. All 12 of you. Chose every one of them. But then he adds, one of you is the devil. Now I can just picture the disciples when they hear that like, Crap! What? One of us is the devil? Dang that! Who that? That ain't me. I mean, that, that must be somebody else. I bet they. I bet they slept with one, one eye open after that, hanging out in a tent with the devil. John's probably setting his alarm for three in the morning, getting up, checking Peter for a tail, checking his checking his head for horns. I don't know. It's just one of you is the devil. Jesus knew it, but he still chose Judas. I want to park here for a few minutes with you, because again, there's a little Judas in all of us, and the story, Judas is central to Palm Sunday, if you don't know that. He is a central character. And this is where we're at as we are on the, we are on the week before the greatest miracle in history. And and now for scriptures, I'm going to be going from John to Matthew. Might be tough to, to, to track with me in your Bibles, but I want you to. I'll put it on the screen too. But I'm going to start in John 12, the gospel of John. This is, this is uh, in the New Testament. John was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, as was Matthew. So in John 12, listen to this. By the way, these are the very first words that Judas ever speaks that, that are recorded in the Word of God. Okay? What I'm about to share with you. And it's key. Because an event that just happened, right? An event that just happened is Jesus is getting ready to go into Jerusalem and die on a cross. The event that just happened is Jesus is sitting at a table with his friend. And at that table, a woman bursts in. Some of you, you've heard the story. And she anoints Jesus with this expensive perfume. Now Judas, Judas is in charge of the money for the 12, for this ragtag, rag-tag bunch of disciples. And, and they see what's happening, and they see this woman. And it's expensive perfume. And she dumps it all over Jesus to anoint him. And Judas, listen to what he says in verse uh, John 12, 4 and 5. But Judas, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor, sounding all righteous. I'll guarantee what happened in that moment was doubt. Say doubt. Doubt. This is where it begins for Judas. It might have began a little before this, but I'm telling you at this point, for sure, it was there. Because what Judas sees in the moment, he's like, okay, crap, this woman wastes this money, in my opinion. And then Jesus, what Jesus said afterwards, he basically said it was good. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. What she did was good. You think she wasted it. I say she did exactly what she should have done. And it's going to be, this story will be told forever as it's being told today. And as soon as Judas heard that, he'd be like, wait a minute. That's a good thing? Okay, but Jesus, you're setting up a kingdom. And and Jesus, this isn't, what you're saying is so countercultural. Maybe, Jesus, you're not who I thought you were. I mean, I've been following you for three years. I thought we were going to overthrow Rome, and you would, you would take, you, we would set up this kingdom of Rome, and you'd be in charge, and I'd be in charge of all the money and up for all the people. That's how it's supposed to go down. Have you ever, you ever been in that situation? You're like, you're, you're not who I thought you were, right? Jesus, you're not who I thought you were. Doing online dating, you meet the person in person. You're not who I thought you were. Your, your profile looks a little different than what I, anyway. So, um, so Jesus, or Judas, he, he's having doubts. He's thinking to himself, this isn't right. Okay, this isn't going down the way I thought it would. So what does doubt lead to? I'll tell you in a second. Let me, let, me, let me go now to Matthew 26. And I love how the gospels work together. It's so awesome. So Matthew picks up the story. Remember what Judas said. It says, then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the leading priests and says, hey, 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 how much you want to pay me? How much you want to pay me if I hand Jesus over to you, if I give him up to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. So doubt, say doubt, Doubt. leads to disobedience. Say disobedience. disobedience. That's what it led to. He looked for an opportunity to disobey what he should be doing and turn Jesus over. Doubt led to disobedience. And I'm here to tell you that the day after that anointing of that woman named Mary, do you know what the very next day was? Palm Sunday. It was the it was the week before the greatest miracle in history. And Jesus, some of you know the story and why it's called Palm Sunday, is Jesus would sit on a donkey and he would ride into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover celebration. And as he rode, the scripture says that people would lay down branches, palms, like you know, whatever, they lay down branches and lay coats down, and Jesus would ride over them. And I'll tell you something. On that day, there were a lot of people close to Jesus. A lot of people, very close. They just weren't connected to him. That's the difference. That is the difference. Judas was close. He wasn't connected. You might be close. I'm asking, are you connected? So, Jesus, as he gets to Jerusalem, a couple days pass, and it becomes time for him to share his final address with the 12. His, his, His final instructions to them. We call it the Last Supper. So, in John, now we're back to John 13, verses 1 and 2. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew the hour had come to leave the world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples. all; he loved them during his ministry on earth. And he loved them till the very end. Question. Did he love Judas? Yeah. Did he love Judas as much as John or James? Yeah. He loved them all till the very end. Verse 2, now it's time for supper, and the devil, listen to this, the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of, or the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. See, when you allow doubt to fester in your life, it, it, gives, the, it gives the devil an opening. See, Judas always had a choice. He always did. But, but he allowed, through his doubt, and then through the step he took to talk to the guys about betraying Jesus, he, 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 he welcomes the devil in. And the devil leans on him and prompts him to do these things. So, uh, for the next few verses, I'm going to skip from verse 2 to 21 in in a minute here. But let me tell you what went down between those verses. I'll paraphrase really quick. Jesus teaches his disciples to live in love. He models for his disciples how to live in love like he wants them to live in love. As through those verses, Jesus would wrap a towel around his waist at the Last Supper, and he would bend down with a basin of water, and he would start to wash their feet like a slave but what about Judas yeah he would have bent down in front of Judas like a slave and washed Judas's feet And, and and honestly that is one of the most humble um positions one of those humble acts that we could ever see and if I can be just honest with you it's also I mean it's also a little nasty I mean feet I'm just saying they can be a little gangly I mean mine are nice I think Jody says I need a cheese grater. I don't understand what she means. I think they're beautiful. I but but some of y'all got nasty feet. I mean, some of them they're like you know, if your toe next to your big toe is like way longer than your big toe, that's something that's weird. I don't even that's strange. But toe feet is nasty. And the reason I say that is because is because okay now I'm now I'm off. I got I got to tell you a story. Uh, so in I grew up wrestling, and in wrestling practice one day. Okay, there's 30 guys in a small room, and we're sweating like crazy. The heat's turned up. You know it's not going to be most, the most pleasant situation, right? So there's always this, this familiar smell. But this one particular day, it was a, it was a step beyond. And I couldn't place it, but it was, it was like, dang it, something's different in here. And it ain't a good different. I thought someone maybe brought a dead animal with them was just carrying it around in their back pocket. I'm like, something's bad. I didn't know. We didn't know what it was. So until we got to the locker room after wrestling practice, and all of a sudden that smell went up to times 10. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. And I look, and this dude's taking off his shoes. Now, if we could smell it with his shoes on in the wrestling room, what does that tell you? So he takes his shoes off. We're like, I'm like, my first thought was, he's going to be a state champion. He's going to be a state champion. And why I said that was, who... All he has to do, just wave those babies in front of his opponent. They're either going to tap out or pass out. I'm just, I was a little jealous, but not really. I mean, it was bad. So anyway, so, so <laughs> tangent done. So Jesus washes feet. And after he washes the feet, we pick it up right here. Verse 21, the 13th chapter of John. Jesus is deeply troubled. And he exclaims to them, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me? Question number two. Did Jesus know what disciple was going to betray him? He did. He did. Did the other disciples? No. They didn't. They had no clue. See, we like to look at Judas' story and think, oh my gosh, Judas was the black sheep of the group, and Judas is always the one stealing stuff and and doing crazy things like betraying Jesus." Jesus, but Judas didn't betray Jesus yet. See, it's crazy. Judas, he looked a lot like the other disciples for all the ministry. We think he's just this out doing his own thing. No. I'll, I'll show you. Let me read you a few verses just to show you how this, this cycle that the devil will take you on, this formula that he'll use every time. If you see it, you can combat it. If you see it, you can defeat it. In, oh, I'll keep going in John. John 13, I think it's 22. The disciples look at each other after Jesus said, hey, one of you will betray me. They they look at each other, and they're wondering, who could he mean? They have no clue. Right? The disciple, I love, John's writing this gospel. John's really humble. Captain Humility here. He says, and Jesus' disciple, or the disciple Jesus loved, referring to himself, okay, uh, was sitting next to Jesus at the table. And then Simon Peter motioned to John, saying, hey, who's he talking about? And Peter didn't say, hey, it's judas we know it's judas we all know he didn't say that he's like i have no clue and then john echoes the same thing he says he he asked jesus himself lord we have no idea i'm looking at all 12 of us we don't have a clue who it is they had no idea none oh my gosh oh the devil subtle in what he does it's crazy they had no idea and jesus says he spells it out he's like all right guys listen it's the one to whom I give the bread to that I dip in the bowl. And when he dipped it in the bowl, he gives it to Judas. So I'm going to dip this in a bowl, and then I'm going to hand it to the person that's going to betray me. And he gives it to Judas. And when Judas, listen to this, when Judas eats the bread, Satan enters into him. Do you see the subtleness of Satan? Remember earlier what, what Satan did? He prompted Judas. So that, so that, so that prompting leads to what? The door opens even wider, and now Satan's in. And now he's got you, and now he had Judas. He's got him, and when Judas eats the bread, Satan enters into him, and Jesus says, hurry, go do what you're going to do. And I love the disciples. They still don't get it. Like, I mean, I don't care how, if you ever think, I'm not smart enough to follow Jesus. I don't have the aptitude to follow Jesus. Trust me, you don't, You don't. it's not about aptitude. It's about availability. If you just show up, if these guys can follow him, listen. So Satan, or Jesus spells it out. I'm sorry that I called you Satan there, Jesus, right there. That kind of was a bad deal. But Jesus spells it out. None of the others at the table had a clue. So so Jesus hands him the bread, tells him, go do what you're going to do. And they thought, since Judas was the treasurer, I don't know, maybe he's going to go pay the bill. That's what it says. Maybe he's going to go pay the tab. Maybe he's going to give some money to the poor. They just don't get it. And Judas left it once. Ooh, I'll read that again. Judas left at once. And it concludes by saying, going out into the the night. It's so interesting that sin grows in the dark. It always does. Secrets grow in the dark. They always do. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It's funny how Judas, as he goes to do what he needs to do, he does it in the dark. It's in the night that this happens. So what do we see? We see that doubt led to disobedience. And now it just said that Judas left him. So the disobedience, it led to division. And, and, and I'll guarantee you something. Judas, I know we all think, oh, from the start, Judas was going to do this. No, he wasn't. Judas, that wasn't Judas' plan when Jesus said, hey, follow me. I'll teach you how to fish for people. And Judas was like, I can't wait. I'm going to get you. I'm going to betray, betray you. Mm-mm. No. Judas, that was not his plan, but that's why the devil works his formula, and that's why we need to know what he's doing. So check this out. Judas betrays Jesus. Jesus, you know the story. He's arrested, and he's not just arrested. He's accused of crimes he didn't do, and he's not just accused of crimes he didn't do. He is literally beaten, whipped, I mean, to the point where you can't even recognize him. hit in the face, spit on, and I'm I'm sure as Judas is getting a glimpse, he's like, oh, my God this wasn't supposed to happen like this. Like, I was just going to betray him, and they were going to, like, you know, do some things, and Jesus would get mad, and he would just start ushering in his kingdom, the right kingdom, the kingdom he's supposed to usher in. But I didn't, I mean, they're not supposed to be doing that. And now they say, now they're yelling, crucify him. And I guarantee, Judas is like, I never thought, I never thought it would, I, I, I'll tell you why I, we know he thought that, because what it says in Matthew 27, 4 and 5, this is what, he, this is what Judas says. And this is what the trail will lead you down. I have sinned. God, I've I've, I've betrayed an innocent man. Judas knew Jesus didn't do anything wrong. He saw him love. He saw him care. He saw him heal. He knew it. You know what they said to him? Tough. It's done now. What do we care? That's your problem, Judas. Then Judas threw the silver money. The money that, it's so funny. The things that mean so much to us for a certain amount of time, and if the devil can get it to mean so much to you, your stuff or your hobbies or whatever you think you have, they'll mean so much to us. At the end, it meant nothing to Judas. Nothing.
1: The money that he lived
0: for, he throws on the ground. And, and, And what does he do? He went out and he hangs himself. Do you think that was ever the plan? Call me, Jesus. I'll be one of your 12. And in three years, I'll not only betray you, but I'll wrap a noose around my neck and kill myself. Anybody who ever gets to that point, at one point, that was not the plan. At an earlier point in their life, they never thought they would do something like that. So what do we see? Doubt. Disobedience. Division. Death. Death. There's a way that seems right to a man. The end is always death. I wrote down every time we doubt, every time we believe a lie, and then we disobey, it takes us farther and farther away from God. It divides us from him, from others, and sometimes from even our own life, as Judas would find out. Sin is what I'm talking about at the end of the day. Sin is a divider. Sin is a separator. Sin is the whole reason we're going to do what we're doing today and the whole reason we're doing what we're doing next week and the week after and the week after and the week after and the week after. Sin separates you and I from God. And all that is good. It's what it does. It's what it does. And many times you don't know you're sinning in the moment because it can be so subtle. And it's not like I'm knocking off liquor stores or building meth labs in my basement. Now, if you're doing that, we still love you, but you should knock that off, okay? I'm just saying, that's not a good idea. But it's, it's, it's more subtle than that. It's, it's more devious than that. Sin separates us from God and all that is good. Sin, my friends, is the great divide. And the devil is using it all the time. And for some here today, and some watching online, the evil one works to divide you, even right now, from your family, from your friends, from your children or parents. Divide you from your calling and from your purpose. Separate you from all that is good. He works right now, even as I preach this message and speak to you. It's what he does. He gets you to do things you never dreamed you would do. To think things you never dreamed you would think. Again, Judas never dreamed he would do what he did. He never, I guarantee you, the whole time, he never thought that would happen. And it happened. I, I want to I play it out a little bit and show it to you. I didn't pre-plan this. But I just need six or seven people to come up here and just stand right here. I don't care who you are. Just come up here. And you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. I'm not setting you up for anything. You don't, you don't have to talk. Nothing. But six or seven. One, two, three, four, five. One more. One more. Come up. Just stand right here. That's it. I promise. All you got to do, the role you're playing... It's God okay? So no pressure, right? So, <laughs> so one more, one more. I come on, one more, one more, one. Yeah, I just need, no, and I need you to huddle a lot more, huddle a lot more. Yep, huddle a lot more. Uh, more, yep, like a huddle. I should plan these things out, but this makes it fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah let's uh, get, get in here. Huddle, right, Tori, right up front. That's right where you want to be, right up front. Ah, uh, no, that's like a picture. Always, there's always a person in the back that tries to hide in the pic. Why is that? Just get in the crack there. So, all right. So, this, 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 this exhibits God. This is God, and, 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 and I'm you, and you're me, and we're in the story. This is how subtle this formula is, okay? I said no talking. <laughs> just kidding. So, um, so, we're together, and we're close, and this is how some of you are right now, or some of you, how you feel right now, or maybe you felt that way at, at one time. Some of you right now, you already know you're separated from God. That's why you came here today. Praise God that you're here. So we're here and we're together. But I start to make choices in life. Choices where God gets me to doubt some things. Not bad things. Again, not the meth lab. Not the knocking off liquor stores. But subtle things. Like, like I used to hang out with people and they used to tell me what I needed to hear to help me get better. But now they, I hang out with people that more tell me what I want to hear. But by God, you and I are still close. I used to read read things that brought me closer to Jesus, whether it's the Word of God or Christian book, whatever. I used to do that, but I don't read things anymore. I watch Netflix, watch things on TV, and I, I do that lesson. But we're still good, right? God, I can still see you, and you can still see me. In fact, if I reach out and you reach out, like, we can still, yeah, we're still right here. So we haven't even, I haven't even moved. We're, I'm right where I've always been. But then I do more stuff. I make compromising uh, decisions. And, and, and I start to watch things or hang out with people or listen to things that I know... They're not horrible, but they're worldly, right? It's worldly things. It's, it's, it's not bad, but it certainly doesn't honor God. And it just takes me a little bit farther away. But I'm, I'm still right where I was. I, in my eyes, I haven't moved because I can still see you and you're right there. And, and if we still reach out, I bet, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. But it continues to happen. And I continue to make compromises. And I continue to, we used to talk, God, I used to talk to you and you would talk to me. I don't talk to you much anymore. I talk to other people and sometimes I even gossip. And then I go on Facebook or, or Instagram and I'll make my life look at, like something it's not. And you see the highlight reel, but really I'm dying on the inside. And, and things are happening. And, I, and, and they're so little and they're so subtle. Say little by little. little by little. Little by little. Little by little. And all of a sudden, Judas, I end up over here. And I have no freaking idea how it got this way. And pretty soon I think to myself, my God, I used, to, I, used to, I used to be close to God. Like we used to hang out. We used to talk. We used to do things. Now he seems so distant. God, why have you moved so much? And God's thinking I, I'm pretty much where I've always been. Who's moved? And here I sit. And this is where Judas would stand. How did it get this way? Some of you, you're there right now. How did I, how did I get way over here? How did it end up this way? How did I end up with a divorce? How did I end up bankrupt? How did I end up in, in a rehab facility? How did I get to where I am? It never used to be like this. It, what it, ha- it happened little by little. Someone cast doubt in your mind, and you made a decision, and then you disobeyed, and then you got discouraged, and then you, you were divided, And that's where you, and there's a great divide. But guess what? This chasm, you know how it started? As a crack. That's how it started. It never starts as a chasm, rarely, if ever. That's not how he works. It's always a crack right here. And we're connected, right? I mean, pretty much, almost. I talked to a good friend of mine a couple weeks ago. A few months ago, he would tell you he was close with God, with the church. He was right here. That's where he was. And in a matter of months, it was like he vanished. Gone. And when I talked to him and I asked him, what happened? What, what was the one thing? What was the first thing that, that, that got you from here all the way over there? You know what he said? His words I gave the devil an opening, like a crack. That's what he said. Do you know what, you know what the crack was for him? You know what the doubt? Say doubt. Yeah. You know what the doubt was for him? Here was the doubt. You can, you, can go, you can talk to that person. You can still hang out with that person. They're, your, they're still your friend. That, that's not a bad thing. And the devil said it's okay, and he was convinced it's okay to go hang out with them. I mean, maybe they weren't living the way they were supposed to live, but they weren't. They weren't like, again, knocking off liquor stores or killing people. I mean, they're not a bad person. They're just doing their own thing, and I'm just going to go say hi. That's all he wanted to do. His intention wasn't, I'm going to go, and I'm going to cause a great divide, and I'm going to ruin my life. And all. That wasn't what he thought. He thought, I'm going to go visit a friend. Devil said, you're going to go visit a friend. You, you want to be a good friend, don't you? You want to love him, don't you? Maybe you can help him. Yeah, oh, devil, you're good, aren't you? And he just, his words... I, 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 I opened the door. I cracked the devil. And you know what he said? He blew it wide open. And in a matter of months, and you know, you know what division leads to, right? Death. And he was this far away. Thank you, guys. Give it up for them. Love, <laughs> Love calling people out when they don't expect it. I mean, it's, it's awesome. How did it end up here? Repeat after me. There is hope. If the, if the evil's, evil one's strategy is a great divide, which sin is the center, if it's a great divide, what's the answer? If division is the problem, what's the solution? It's one word. Now, even as I say one word, half the crowd for sure said, Jesus. Because Jesus is always the right answer in church. And that's pretty accurate, actually. And you could put Jesus in that blank, and you'd be right. But that's not what I'm going to put in the blank. If division is the problem, what's the opposite of division? (laughs) I I love your boldness. I I was thinking more unity, but I get it. So division, unity. Say unity. 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 And it's not because Pastor Monty said it because Jesus said it. I've preached this before, and I'll preach it 20 years from now, because I don't think we can hear it enough. At that Last Supper, the final things Jesus said, well, he closed in prayer. I think that's always a good idea, isn't it? As Jesus closed the Last Supper in prayer, you know what he prayed for? Unity. Why? You mean, I bet he prayed for lost people. He loved lost people, and he cared desperately for lost people, but that, I didn't hear that in his prayer. Well, he probably prayed, prayed for faith for the disciples. He wanted them to have faith, but I didn't hear him mention it. Well, I bet he wanted them to have this peace that only he can give. I'm sure he did. He just didn't talk about it on this particular prayer. But what he talked about over and over, the final time he would ever speak to his 12, this side of the cross, the final time, John 17, 21, I pray that they will all be one. Just, okay, I pray that they'll all be one, just as you and I, Father, are one. As you are in me, Father. And I am in you. May they be one in us. So that the world will know. So that the world will know and believe that you sent me. He prays for unity. Most everybody watching or listening right now, Not everybody, because this message is now global. Praise God for technology. But most everybody watching or listening, you live in a place called the United States. Let me ask you a question. Does the United States seem united right now? No. No. The devil's having a field day, trust me. Getting us division. Remember, that's his ploy. Dividing us. I wrote down... uh, uh, dividing the country politically, racially, spiritually. I could go on and on and on. I don't care what you say you are. It, all that matters is how you act, what you do. We're the United States. Okay, whatever, sure, you're the United States. Okay, whatever. So, I thought about that. The United States, and then I wrote this down. Hmm. Say united. This is, this is so key. So, if unity is the answer... See, the evil one knows something. He knows, let's just get back to the country and our world. He knows that that if the world is full of division and full of hate, especially among believers, right? If the world is like that and the world sees us like that, they will run from the gospel of Jesus Christ. They will run from Easter service at Meadows Church or any other church. They will run from the church in general. But I'm telling you this. If they see love, if they see that unity, if if they see that we are one as Jesus and the the Father is one, I'm telling you what, the gates of hell will be pushed back. That's what they need to see. The unity is the key. It is the key. Union with God and union with each other. Union with God and union with each other. The world, I mean, the world is so full of division more than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And God's like, yes, what an opportunity for my people, for my believers, for you and you. What an opportunity to show them something. They're begging for something different. They're begging for it. So Jesus prays for unity. How does the church respond? About two months after that prayer, the first church would be birthed in Acts. How did they respond? Were they obedient to Jesus? Be one, as me and the Father are one. Let's see. Acts four twenty four. Then all the believers were united as they lifted their voices in prayer. Acts 4, 31 through 33. After this prayer, the meeting place shook because that's what the power of prayer under the power of the Holy Spirit under the power of unity will do. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They preached the Word of God with boldness. All the believers were united. Oh my there. they were united not, not just in heart, but in mind. They felt like it was all everybody's. They don't own it. I don't own it. You don't own it. We own it. So they shared it all. They didn't care. Does Did that sound like us? The world? No, but it, that was them. And they testified powerfully. They testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. Question. Do you want God's blessing upon you? I'll say it again. I like that, but I want to hear more. Do you want God's blessing upon you? Do you want God's blessing upon this church? See, when we're unified, God will be glorified. And the world will know that Jesus Christ. They'll know. That's how they're going to know. Oh, I just, Judas, we'll go back to Judas. Jesus chose him, knowing that Judas wouldn't choose him back. Washed his feet, served him, knowing that Judas would sell out. And Judas gets a bad rap, and rightly so. I mean, he betrayed Jesus, but let's be honest. He ain't the only one who left. He's not the only one who was divided. At the end, they all left. I mean, John was the only one at the cross, out of all of them. So they all, so Jesus, remember, I chose the 12. And at the end, they're gone. And Jesus chose them anyway. This is the love of the Father. Look up here. Your pastor has left Jesus more times than I'd care to tell you about something I forgot to mention in that illustration, just came to me. The gentleman I was having that conversation with, you know what he told me? This is how powerful you are as the bride of Christ. This is what he told me. My time connected, connected at Meadows Church was the best time in my entire life. And I, I just couldn't get over it. I'm like, of all the moments, he's like, that was the that's the that's the best, the best my life ever was. We have a saying. It's one of our core values about our welcome. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. You're welcome here. You're wanted here. And I'll tell you this. God loves you. Jesus has chosen you. This is what's insane. Trust me, if he chooses Judas, he chooses us. And just like Judas had a choice, we have a choice. We have a choice. He loves you. Do you know how many people outside these walls right now, outside your living room or your gym or wherever you're watching or listening to this from, do you know how many people have no clue. Do you know how many people like Adam and Eve in the garden, do you know how many people are living under the condemnation of shame and guilt? Do you know how many people are feeling like Judas even right now as I speak these words? Oh, I've let God down. Oh, I betrayed God. Oh, I continually screw up and leave God. Do you know how many people feel like Peter I deny him. I pretend that was me. Oh, I love Jesus. I just, my life looks nothing like his. And I I deny him with the way that I live. I wrote down, how many people are living hopeless? How many people are living helpless? I've been there, and I bet many of you have too. But yet Jesus chooses us. And if the answer is unity, if the answer is unity, what does it mean to unite? You know what I wrote down? Invite. If you want to un- unite people, invite people. Division means this. I don't care about You do your own thing, I'll do my own thing. We'll live during the week and whatever. I may never see you again. But, but unity, unite, we invite. Why the invites? This is it. This is it. If I asked you, do you believe in the power of the local church, those 370 people that have given their lives to Christ, do you believe that's real? You would all answer yes. You would. I already know that. You would. Do you believe that lives are changing, that marriages are being restored, that addicts are coming home, that people, that people are, are going from death to life, darkness to light? You would say yes. Okay, so if we believe those things, well, we're not going to say anything. We're just going to, it's another week. It's Just another week. This is everything. This is everything. We get one shot. One shot. So I'm going to do something for 75 seconds it might be uncomfortable for, for some for 75 seconds. I'm okay with that. I want you to gather with people just right where you're at, in your rows, close to you. Don't, don't go anywhere, but unless you see somebody standing alone, I don't want that. And I want you to pray. One person, don't, don't take prayer requests. Again, 75 seconds. It's going to be quick. One person in your group will pray, and you won't have to find, it won't be hard to find that person. There's always somebody in a group that wants to talk. Let them talk. So, I'm telling you. So you, it won't be hard to find. But let them talk. Let them pray. What you're going to pray for is this. God, give us the boldness to invite this week. God, give us the courage to invite this week. God, help me get out of my comfort zone and invite this week. Okay? So right now, right where stand up right where you're at. Stand up right where you're at. Right in your rows. You find somebody. You huddle with them. 75 seconds. Pray for boldness. Because when we unite, we invite. We, when we unite, we invite. Pray together. Pray together. Father, courage. Father, guidance. Pray to him. Pray to him. Thank you, Father, for answering. Thank you, Father, for listening. Thank you, Father, for guiding. Pray to him. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. As you have a seat, I'll close up and tell you this. One of my favorite stories is out of the book of Daniel. Three Jewish boys are united so much with themselves and with God that you can't deny it. Three Jewish boys so united in God, in them, and them in each other, you can't separate them. Devil can't do it. Devil tried through a king. The king told the people, including these three Jewish boys, true story, found in the book of Daniel, told them, you know what, for, for a while you're going to bow down to me. The devil's trying to get you to bow down to things of the world, things that necessarily don't look that bad, but they're just worldly. And most people will do it. If you're following the crowd, you're probably going the wrong direction. These three Jewish boys would not do it. They would not bow. They were united, that's why. United with each other, united with God. And the king said, You know what? You don't want to bow down to me and you want to honor some other God? I'll kill you. I'll kill you a heinous way. I'll burn you to death. They look at each other and they said, You in? I'm in. You in? I'm in. You got us? I got you. And they go in a furnace. And that king lights that furnace hotter than you can imagine and hotter than I can imagine. What happened was a miracle. They didn't burn up, and nor were they alone. In fact, when they physically looked in the furnace, they're like, oh, my God, there's not three, but there's four. There's, like, someone else in the fire with them. That's someone's Jesus. True story. So Jesus shows up, and he shows, I'm with you. When you're united in each other under me, and, and I'm united in you, you're with me, I'm with you, you're with them. They come out of the fire, not a hair on their head is singed. Not 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 not, not a thread from their clothing is burnt. I wrote down: We have friends, we have family. We have people that we live with, people that we love, people that we know, people that we see daily, weekly, monthly, that are literally going through hell. Oh, you may not even know it. Because again, their Instagram feed doesn't look like that. Going through hell. Going through a fire that you know nothing about. We get one shot. Unite them. Be united in me. Be united in each other. Where does it start, God? It starts at the cross. This is where we unite. It's where Jesus went, remember? You guys, I'm praying for unity. All right, I'm out. Next day, hangs on a cross. Halfway through, three hours through, it goes dark. Oh, it was a dark day. Noon, it it normally isn't pitch black at noon. It was this day for three more hours. I wrote down, it was a dark day. Everyone thought it was over. But even in the darkest times, there are people out there, they think it's over. People watching online, you know people in their lives, they think it's over. It's done. God's done with me. There is no purpose. There is no co- I have nothing. It's just getting started. It's not over. Say it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. That day when Jesus died, it was over. Trust me, for everybody watching, everybody there, it was over. It was over. But even in the darkest times, you and I have hope. Do you know why we have hope and they didn't? They were hopeless that day. I guarantee you they were hopeless. Here's why. We know something they didn't know. We know something. We get privileged to something they didn't know. See, they, they were living in it. We're living after it. So we know something they don't know. That The body that was taken down, dead as dead can be. We know something they don't know. That after they laid that body in a tomb, three days later, something happened. Say something happened. We know something they didn't know at the time. They were hopeless. It was dark. It was over. They were in hell right then. But we know something they don't know. Three days later, King Jesus would burst forth from the tomb, defeating sin, defeating death, defeating the devil. I'm telling you, this is the news that we have to share. Our king is alive! And we need people to know it. I want people to know it. Maybe you don't know it. Maybe you haven't sold out. Sell out today! He wants all of you. Believe in what I just said. He was dead and alive. Surrender your life. Say, I'm a sinner. Say it to him and say, I want you in me. I want to be new. Say it. Mark your card. Write, or type I choose Jesus in comments. Just do it! Don't wait for Easter to do what God's calling you to do today. I'll keep saying it. And for the people here today and the people watching online, lean in. Because some of you, you are hurting. You are hurting. And I'll tell you this. You are not alone. You are not alone in the fight. You are not alone in the fire. You and I, we know people also feeling that way feeling like it's hopeless like it's over they need to know that they're not alone in the fight that they're not alone in the fire they need to know that god loves them that god chose them that god's for them they need to know it they need to know guess what they're not alone. Why? Because they need to know that there's another in the fire with them, holding them up, loving them, listening to them. He's there for them. He's there for you and for you and for There's another in the fire and his name is Jesus. Give him a shout, somebody. I don't hear you shout. Thank you, Father. I'm praying for you. We're going to worship. Oh, you're going to like the final song, I promise you. You're going to like it a lot. And after that song, we have a prayer team that wants to lift you up online. You text prayer now to 474747. Pray for you anytime. Heavenly Father. Oh, man. There's a formula that the evil one has. He ain't creative, he ain't even that smart. In fact, I know you're listening, so I'll just rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You've been defeated. You're done. The only way that you could ever even think about beating us is if we let you. And guess what? Meadows Church, we're not letting you. We're walking in victory. We're walking in newness. We're walking in unity. We're walking in Jesus. Father, your spirit is flowing all around in homes, in cars, in gyms, at the Beardmore Event Center, God. Have your way. Our, our opportunity now is to do what you're telling us to do. God, may we do it. Thank you for being in the fire as we go through hell. I always say, if you're going through hell, God, whatever you do, don't stop, right? We gotta keep going. We gotta keep going because the answer is not division. That's the enemy. The answer is togetherness. The answer is unity. And Jesus, you're the author of it. Have your way. We love you. We thank you. The best is yet to come. Not because we just say it, because you said it. You lived it and you rose for it. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I want to ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.